and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host again today because Liam's got no bottle, Rich Polly. And joining me is the man with no bottle, Liam Baker. I've got a bottle of banana milkshake. Does that count? No, it's actually actually a carton. Okay, so it's not, yeah, you haven't got any bottle. I was going to say, is that where you keep your courage in the bottom of a bottle of banana milkshake? No, it's like my least favourite, but it's the only one the shop had. Fair enough. <laughs> I live a also, sad join- life now. <laughs> also joining us today is um, producer Tim King. He's going to be talking to us from behind the microphone a little bit. Hello there. Uh, and we will be joined by Ben probably at some point once he remembers how to switch on a computer. It's like the episode of Zoolander at the moment in his house, I suspect. Um or the scene from Zoolander, because it was a movie. Um, and finally joining us all the way from somewhere in the Netherlands. Um, it's not a big country, so that kind of narrows it down as much as I'm comfortable with doing. Um, it's Niels Voss. Hi, Niels. Hello there. Hello. Ah, oh, you see, you got the memo. Hello. Oh, here's Ben. Just jumped in just after I'd introduced you and given you a bit of abuse. Oh, that's fine. I thought you might be polite and wait for me like I did for you. No. No, why would we be? We never know what time you're going to turn up at these days. I literally messaged you. <laughs> yeah, but, but let's be fair. A, a Ben minute could be, you know. <laughs> um, right, Tim, do we need to give Ben the please don't swear spiel? You are live on Channel 4. Right, yeah, we, yeah, we are recording, so just... <laughs> Mics are hot. Mics are hot. Oh, feels a little bit too like we're trying to be professional, and we're really not. Um, Please don't say, hey, 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 hey. (laughs) There we go. There's a little bit of, oops, please edit that out going on. Thanks, Liam. I like Uh, to hit me, bad man. Right. (laughs) Turn up on time then. (laughs) All right, stop it. There's a pair of you. children. I had to try and find a bottle opener, and I really wanted to drink my cider. Did you find one? Yes. Excellent. I'm happy for you. Genuinely. Happy. And I've just noticed, it's totally, it doesn't really matter, but on one bottle, it's just got Henry Weston on it. The other one, he's got sunglasses and a drink in his hand. Yeah. Mm. You should look that up on the internet. You might be able to sell that Henry Weston with a drink in his hand bottle to like a cider collector for at least £4. Uh, it's already open. It's too late for that. Oh, sad. Oh, wait, no, not sad. Happy. I very much enjoy it. (laughs) All right. We're not here to talk about Ben's consumption of um, low-grade alcohol. We're here to talk about... How very day. It shows how little you know. Well, I'm not from Somerset, so I don't know much about cider. This is from Herefordshire. Okay. Just north of Somerset, then. (laughs) it's very nice oh wow i best try and get sense out of you early on in the podcast then before you get halfway down it haven't i i've only got two you're all right (laughs) he's already had the other three by the sounds of it i've just been eating right we're going to talk about x-wing then um we're going to talk about the uh french world's open qualifier so um this is i think it's the last one um i don't think there's another world's qualifier to happen but i could be wrong um and germany right next oh has germany not happened yet ah oh, you see this is why we get you on because you actually know stuff and pay attention yeah um, G- G- germany's this weekend coming yeah ah cool 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 so 
uh, Germany's this weekend coming, so we will talk about that one as well. Oops. Um, but uh, the French one was this weekend. Um, bit of a spoiler with the cast of uh, Who Did Well. Um, and, you know, we've invited Niels on because he was the winner. Well done, Niels. Hooray! Hooray, hooray. Hooray. Uh, time for some random soundboard noises. No, let's not do that. <laughs> let's start winding Tim up. Because <laughs> right, just, I'll just put booing in on top. It'll be fine. There we go. We'll just do that one. <laughs> How do I do okay. the soundboard? No. <laughs> no. You, 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 you will be kicked. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so congratulations, Niels, for, uh, yeah, for, for your win. Um, so I think we've chatted a little bit on the internet. We met, you came over to the Sith Taker Open last year. It was awesome did, to yeah. meet you. Uh, it was fantastic. I always love it when people come from other countries to, to play in our little tournament, which is now quite a big tournament. But um, so it makes me um, really happy on the inside when uh, when people turn up who don't have English accents to play. Um, <laughs> so like, I kind of, it was like one of the ones that Colm organized that I didn't, like I was playing at it. And um I was chatting to uh, Christian Jesperson because I was playing against him and I just assumed that he was like, you know, somebody who lived in the UK and it transpired over the course of the game that he travelled over from Denmark for it. It absolutely blew my mind. Um, and now we get people coming from, well, America, Germany, all over the place, Netherlands. Yeah, Last we did. Year's winner from the Netherlands as well. He came over and stole our things. Well, fan did. Yeah, it has to do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, not this weekend. Not this weekend. That was that was actually funny though. When you uh, when we went to the Sith Takers last time, uh, I went with Fan. I said, Fan said, "Yeah, well, let's take a uh, a trip a trip home like at four in the afternoon." And I said, "Well, Fan, chances are uh, one of us is doing well." And I thought, "Well, probably you." I was right. <laughs> and, and so he, he said after the tournament, yeah, I'm very happy you did, we did this, like going uh, going home on Monday, Monday morning. morning. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it was good. Like, I'd, I'd have a, a slight regret that I was so tired on the Sunday that you and Fan were just basically looking for somebody to go out to a restaurant with. And I was just like, I need to go and see my family and go to sleep. I'm really uh-huh. sorry. <laughs> we went and grabbed the KFC on the way home. And I was, <laughs> you were just yeah, like, oh, we don't want KFC. <laughs> We picked up uh, another uh, straggler, and uh, what? What? Uh, I don't remember what his name was. Oh, for me, Connor, maybe was Connor. Oh, Connor, Connor, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So we went. It was just the three of us, and uh, we made it late into the night, so it was good. <laughs> yeah, lots of lots of curries because the only thing to eat near Element Games is yeah. basically curry. There's like three curry restaurants, and that's about it. <laughs> so... Yeah, we we ended with uh, whiskeys uh, in the hotel bar or something. I don't oh, remember. fair enough. <laughs> it's easy to forget what's going on when Connor's involved in buying alcohol for you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, true. It's, uh, it's a good one. All right, so um, French World's Qualifier. Let's talk about that rather than an event that happened 10 months ago. Um, so uh, there was 50 people uh, played in this tournament, according yeah. to Longshanks. Um, so, and it was in Paris. It was actually in uh, something called the French War Game Cafe. Yep. In uh, oh, such a French sounding address as well, Rue Louis Blanc, uh, and everything. So, um, so um, that was impeccable, Rich. Oh, I I do a really good cod French accent, so it helps me to sound like I know what I'm talking about when I really don't speak <laughs> the language at all. Um, so it was a bit of an it was a bit of an odd format. We're going to talk about um, 
we're going to talk a little bit about the format that they ran. Um, so there was 50 players. They ran to top 16 cut. Okay. So top 16 cut meant that somebody on three and two record got in. Um, it also Someone. meant someone which was fan well so actually um, so what it was was if obviously draws mess up long shanks and and the pairing structure anyway so irrespective yeah. of ids so at, at the start of the day it was something like six out of 16 three and twos would make cut um so yeah with the the draws it it does start to get a bit weird um how it pairs but yeah i think it would have been six out of 16 of the top mm-hmm. uh, of the top of the three and twos but then yeah you always have to you know draws can mess up yeah so we've we've not got to the bit about the draws yet we're getting there uh, well, so no, yeah, but, but you can <laughs> you can still draw during the normal gameplay yeah so what, yeah. I'm, what i mean is though like you can uh so although three and twos are are there you, you could have somebody on four one one or well actually no, it's a five yeah. round event wasn't it so you, you, you wouldn't have done like four in a draw or um yes people who just draw just during the day so you, yeah. you could have had three one ones just through natural play even without any ids or anything like that mm-hmm. so yeah so there was um so there was they, they made a decision to run to cost 16 to make sure that everybody who got three and two um would have got into uh, sorry, not everybody who got three and two, everyone who got four and one or th- less than one loss um, would have got into cup. Um, basically, what happened um, after round four was that eight people, uh, eight games, 16 players intentionally did an intentional draw. Um, so these were all the players who were on three wins and one loss because they all realized if we, if we draw this round, then we all make cup because it's a cut to 16. Uh, whereas if we play, then half of us will go to four and one. Um, half of us will go to um, three and two. And the, the half who go to three and two are basically the crapshoot for whether or not they get in. Um, what that meant was that anybody who was on two and two um, at that point was very unlikely to make the cut. They could technically have made it because one three and two player did get in, which was which was fine at 16. Um but yeah, it was a bit of a a bit of a thing. Now, but, but I will say, sorry, just with that. So what we had going into the last round was there were three players who were two one one, so two wins, one draw, one loss. Mm-hmm. Two two of them got paired against each other. So one of them, because everybody else was going to ID, one of them would be in, one of them would be out, and then there was one of those players. The, th- the third player was then paired down because mm-hmm. that pair down lost. That's why Farn got in. So right. if so, if the pair down had won, then that would have that would have um, Farn wouldn't have made it because there would have been another three one one. Okay, okay. So um, yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a weird one because I mean, my opinion on intentional draws is is relatively well known. I I don't like them. Um, I don't think that draws should be in the game, but intentional draws are a natural result of that. Um, absolutely no blame at any of the players who took the ID because it's a world's qualifier. You're playing for potentially flights and accommodation um, to go to worlds in Adepticon um, or flights or accommodation or whatever AMG end up paying for. But basically there is now uh, a pseudo cash prize for these things, which means that it is getting to the point of, you know, it's competitive. So 
if you can guarantee yourself a place in the top cut, then you're going well, to guarantee yourself a place in the top cut. Yeah, I mean, so, for, for me personally, I wasn't there for the cash prize, the flights and accommodation. I purely wanted my world's invite. And that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the only reason I went to Paris. And I actually, I was hoping to go to the German uh, World's Open qualifier, but they sold out. So it yeah. was a choice between Poland and Paris. I was like, well, I need to go to one of these and I need to try and make top cut. Um, because I knew I wasn't going to any other store champs. So I don't agree with intentional draws either. However, I either play my last game against Ander, who's a lovely guy, Spanish captain, and we get on really well, and we would have had a great game. Or do I guarantee myself a shot at playing in the top cut for the invite? And yeah, I had to take it. Yeah, I mean... mean, Well, sorry, actually, sorry. And the flip side of that is, if I don't take it and every other table does take it, then essentially, yeah, if you lose, it's not even the top six, three and twos make it. You know, you're probably not going to make it um, just the way it all... Because the way that we had the the two one ones, um, if you lost, you were pretty much guaranteed you were out. So... Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. You know, the game at the moment is um, in a state where you can draw right up until you're in cut and then you have to do a road roll. Um, To me, it makes no sense that they don't just have the same resolution mechanic for Swiss games and say there's no draws. Um, That takes away the issue, in inverted commas. Um, We did a quick straw poll on the Sith Takers Discord um, kind of earlier on today and said, you know, if we were to uh, nuke draws out of the Sith Taker Open and replace it with a road roll and say there's just no draws. Uh, what would you think? Uh, we've had 60 responses and three quarters of them have said, yeah, we'd rather there weren't draws and the other ones have said. Uh, and we've done thumbs up and thumbs down and it's crude. Um, so, um, but yeah, most people are, are not fans of draws. Um, and I guess it's the the what do you do if there is a draw is the is the question because Final Salvo left some people feeling a little bit um, unhappy um, and it influenced list building. So Final Salvo was where you used the red dice of your remaining ships um, in a roll-off at the end of the game, um, which obviously massively benefited kind of swarms, uh, big lists like that. Um, There's other potential solutions about different ways to uh, push in um, different resolution mechanics and that kind of stuff. The, the, um, the easiest way, unfortunately, is essentially a coin flip. You know, we, we, we can't do a penalty shooter. I mean, that is a penalty shooter would be final salvo. That's the, the closest thing that we yeah. could have. Um, I was fine with final salvo. Um, th- from a TO point of view, you would occasionally get the odd question of how, how many red dice do I roll here? Because it was always like your remaining ships and it's the printed red dice on the, your ship card. So you ignore anything that gave you extra red dice and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but personally, I think road is, is just simpler. It's a, it's a mechanic that everybody's used to. Um, and although it is a coin flip, I mean, it's not like so penalties is kind of skill based. Ro- uh, a final salvo is not skill based. It's just rolling red dice again. So yeah, unless you design a penalty shootout that involves rolling red dice and then rolling green dice and you know whatever. But it like at this point you're in which case just some just kind of weird structure. Well, in, in yeah. which case just play an extra round. The amount of time it would take yeah. to work 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 that all out. It's just yeah, this is it. it the the re the, so. 
we've we've just been playing in the NCX draft league, and I actually did like their overtime rule. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, if you draw at full time, if you haven't had twelve turns, um, you basically play another turn, um, and you just keep going, which is absolutely feasible for a one-off game during the week. You know that you play, but I mean you could possibly have a hybrid version of that where maybe you play an overtime turn um so you play one further turn and then do a road roll or something um, i so mean it it reminds me of the um the dumb two hour time limit on finals back in mm. in version one doesn't it um mm. where you're basically saying there is going to be a resolution to this game at two hours um th- the only reason that fell out of popularity was because two players in america took it to extremes when they had regenerating ships that couldn't hurt each other so they just flew around in circles for two hours and didn't actually engage each other well we had um, we had one point where there were untimed finals yeah. and they had a, a game down in i think it was dark sphere in london that they basically came back the next day or, or came back later in the week to finish off yeah. i mean you could you could do it where you know on final table you say you know, you're going to play until there's a resolution. So it's 12 turns or 20 points. Um, it'll never get to 12 points, uh, 12 turns before somebody um, gains the upper hand and well, gets a win. Yeah, um, it's, because it's, objectives exist. So. It's, it's, it's 12 turns or t- the first player to score 20 or more, and it not being tied. Yeah, yeah, because you could um, both 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 players could have 30 points. You mean? Yeah, but it's not it's it's not going to go to twelve turns basically, um, because somebody will pick up an, an objective or knock the objective off their opponent or something like that in that in that set of turns, um, unless they are literally one ship left each and flying around different corners of the board, both towing a crate and refusing to come in and engage the other one because you might lose. Um, at that point, you say to them, right, final salvo, because as a judge, you're going to just watch the game and make a decision. But what, what, um, Just one final thing I'll say on this, though. The reason we also, uh, a lot of the community didn't like the two-hour finals is that it completely changed how you played like the whole tournament. So yeah. you'd played your whole tournament with an hour and 15, and so you, you play at a certain pace and, and you know, you're engaging at a certain point and all this. Whereas suddenly with a two-hour final, it's like, well, I've got an extra 45 minutes here to do stuff yeah. with. Um, and that's like, you could also say that with, I mean, the the finals in, in all top cut. So I think just you, you play it to an, a normal conclusion and then you just road roll or you basically coin flip if it's a tie. Yeah, I mean, don't, don't, I, I don't, was. Can I uh, make a suggestion as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do. Uh, Go ahead. I um, yeah, kind of hard sometimes to <laughs> get between you guys. <laughs> if you don't mind saying that. Nails. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to, but yeah, I'm, I try try to be nice and stuff. Hey, uh, any uh, what also could be a solution is yet you need X amounts of wins to get in cut, and do a uh, so let's say you need four wins to be in cut or three or whatever number you want like to pick and then the draw is as bad as as losing a game maybe that could be a thing yeah that, that's what they did in worlds like the last time i went uh, like in 2019 or something silly i don't know well years ago like you just needed x and one or x and two or whatever number it's just clear and and then they just play a play-in for the worst ones like but, next rounds if before cut but what you will then have players will then road roll themselves to declare one the winner I imagine, yeah. but I, I I get what you're saying absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So so it's the X and you know X and one or X and two uh, progression, which was fine because um, yeah. that's the thing, isn't it? Like 
the, the, the problem with the size of cut was if we did a top eight, then some four and ones didn't. I think it was like one, one to two yeah, one, four and ones yeah. didn't make a top eight cut, and that yeah, feels that. yeah. That, I mean, that does feel bad. Like people flying from across Europe um, to a Premier level event, and you just lose one game over the day, and you don't make cut. Um, and you know, I, I, I get I get the pros and cons from both sides about this. Um, ultimately, I think the issue here is the fact that there are draws in the game. Uh, so I think I made a comment about it on our Sift Taker Discord that, you know, it's not that intentional draws are sort of... I mean, someone, I think, made a comment about intentional draws being toxic. And I said, what the, so the issue is, it's the fact that you can draw the game. If you remove draws from the game, you remove the need for intentional draws. Whilst you can draw the game, then you do need some mechanic to do intentional draws because that takes away any of the um i use the word skullduggery which dell really liked um at the weekend but essentially it takes it from behind closed doors and oh yeah we we flew around for an hour and 15 and oh look we we, we both scored 15 points each it's a draw i mean the so the thing for me with this huge number of intentional draws going off is that you're not supposed to mention it to your opponent you're not supposed to collude with your opponent because that's collusion and that's bad sportsmanship what you're supposed to do is one of you puts your hand up calls a judge the judge comes over and you say i would like to offer my opponent an intentional draw yeah and then your opponent either decides yes or no at that point if they want an intentional draw um now i can see it cascading across the tables where everybody realizes at the same time but i can't believe that there were no discussions kind of off to one side with people saying if i draw then i definitely get through and then that kind of rolls out across everybody who's in that position do you know what i mean like i don't think it was underhanded i don't think it was collusive but i think that once one couple of people one or two people realized everybody at the same time went Oh yeah, that's the same for me. So, so ha- right. ha- having been there, I will just say that multiple groups of people were talking about it. Like we've all got long shanks on our phone. We all can see the cut, and it was very, very clear from the mm-hmm. top cut that anybody that's played in tournaments can look at the standings and go, "Well, if we all draw, then we're all through." And it was—I mean, I didn't—I didn't go and talk to every that I thought was in effect because i was just hanging around dale and cormac um mm-hmm. but we were like looking at it going well yeah the the mass is clear to see and certainly from my point of view when i got to my table and there was like you know we would like to call a judge and basically offered me a draw and i said i accept because because yep. he'd worked it out because the spanish contingent were all together the french contingent were all together the brits the were all together and dutch were all together so amongst those groups everybody was would worked it all out so yeah those conversations were had very quickly um mm-hmm. there was there was no collusion there's no people walking around going hey if we all draw then we, we we all do it um everybody had worked it out and like i say it was unfortunately the 50 players over five rounds the way the games had fallen, it was just perfect for this situation to happen. Um, yeah, if you, if you, it, if, if it you was have, the size of the cut, wasn't it? Well, if you, if you have, well, if you have five less players or five more players, then it doesn't work out like this. 
there would yeah, be no. there, there would be a couple of players either way. It was um, just really unfortunate that that as it turned out, and no one knew this at the start of the day, that fifty going into that final round would make this happen because there'd been draws in the day that had created this situation. Yeah. So are yeah. you trying to jump in there, Nils? Oh yeah, no, I just want to say exactly the same thing as Tim said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we just. Like when I came out of round four, I was like, okay, I was like looking at Longshanks and I talked to Marcin and I said, Marcin, look, I th- isn't this? And then we have we got Fan in and we got Ron in and we got all the guys in. Like, okay, what do we do? Okay, we should draw. And like, and then we said, are we sure? So we run the numbers again and again. Yeah, we are sure. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. And I came to my table. I played against a quarantine. I'm sorry if I butchered mm-hmm. his name. And <laughs> so. I came up to the table, put down my back, and we looked at each other. He put up his hand, and he said, Pierre, please focus. He said, please focus. Huh? And Pierre was like, huh? He said, I would like you, I would like to offer you a draw. And I shook his hand. And then he gave me his hand again. By the way, my name is Corentin. <laughs> it's so funny. The man first offered me a draw, and then offered me, offered me his name. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's one of those things, as I said, it is it is kind of what it is. I think, um, like, the, the argument against draws is has been cycling through. Um, a lot of people kind of say, well, you know, if you're going to have draws, then you're going to have draws uh, if, if the mechanic is in there. And if you don't allow intentional draws, then, as Tim said, you end up with skullduggery. Um, I think it's a shame that there's draws. Um, and a couple of people in the Discord server kind of pointed out that those games, those bubble games, are some of the most intense and mm-hmm. like high-level games of X-Wing. They're some of the like the really good, fun, like really tight, close games to play in. Um, and we lose something to the vibe of tournaments by having kind of draws. Like it's good socially because you get to go and sit and have a beer with your opponent or play a play a funsies game rather than a serious game or do whatever you want to do. But, um, you know, those super, super intense winning in games that happen in the last round of uh, of, a ter- of an X-Wing tournament of Swiss, um, you're missing those because, you know, the people who've bubbled up, they, they just kind of get ruled out. The people who are, mm-hmm. you know, uh, who are doing well, they, you know, they just say, oh, well, I can guarantee it. It, it does know. kill the entire last round of the tournament. It did, yeah, it did, absolutely did. It's po- it's pointless playing it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I felt like I felt a bit bad about it. I was like, yeah, well, but I'm like Tim. I was here for the world to invite. So, well, I have to guarantee myself here. Yeah, I cannot shoot myself in the foot. I mean, they'll... no, but you could ruin someone else's day, and yeah. that's also good. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Live by the sword. <laughs> what he said. Now I looked at Quarantine, I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I can beat this guy. He is so imposing. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, we've done that to death. Let's talk about the event itself. Um, so I have um, got a quick tiebreaker resolution. Have you? Yeah, it's whoever can swallow the most dice without throwing <laughs> up or choking. Uh, or drinking the most paint. I mean, Yanis's uh, suggestion was fight the first blood in the Element Games parking lot. So, also yes, <laughs> let's do it. Hey, <laughs> why jelly wrestling match? <laughs> oh dear! You and Liam can go first. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll go get some local mud. <laughs> uh. Okay, um, so the tournament itself, um, we had, uh, I'll just 
expand it, look at it. We said already we had 50 pressure cuts, top 16. Tim's run some numbers for us about what ended up in, in cut. So um, in the top 16, there was um, at least one of every faction other than Scott. Oh. Uh, and I, I want to raise this as an issue. Niels, why did you stop running Scum? Uh, because I wanted the world to invite. Spineless. <laughs> Absolutely spineless. You should be ashamed. I okay. know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, at least I'm honest. Yeah. Give you flies to Tim, or I'll beat you up. <laughs> All right. So let's let's just let's just talk about the top finishing scum list, which came in thirty um, third, which was Chuck Yeggs um, from the Ace Squadron in France. Um, he flew Boba Fett. Maul in a gauntlet and Lee McKay in a Y wing. My boy. There you go. That, that's that one. So well done for finishing top of scum, um, Chuck. Um, top finishing separatist was uh, Fan in 16th. He was the only separatist who made cut and he flew the double fire sprays and dirge. So the Django Zam dirge list, which is probably the best thing that separatists can put on the table at the moment. Question yeah. mark. I also Liam. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, farm was yeah top separatist. So there were four scum, uh, none made cut, four CIS, one made cut, which was farm running double fire spray and dirge. Yeah. yeah it's, so it, it takes like uh, an exceptional player like farm who to uh, brings separatists to the cut and just barely scraping in as well. So I don't think separatists in a yeah. good spot at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it quite interesting if you look at like the you know, total number of players of each faction and at the start of the day. So I think there were five FO, but only one made cut. There were seven Republic, but five made cut. Eight seven Rebel... Republic. Sorry? What was that? I think there's something weird going on with sound and timing. Like some people are coming in delayed. I'm not sure what's going on. I mean, I had to, I mean, you just unmute Liam, so I had to mute Liam because all I could hear was like sort of popping or banging noises. Oh, I yeah, this fireworks outside. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was asking about Fan, uh, and it was weird to see his name next to Separatist. Oh, that's what, yeah. So, because the problem is, if I mute you, so when I say I've muted you, Liam, it, I think it's just muted for me. So you might be talking yeah. to the others, but I can't hear you. Um, so, yeah, if, if, if you get muted, what I'll do in future, I'll just kick you from the thing. Be easier. So, uh, so didn't Fan Fan already have an invite? Um, yeah. for, so, if I remember. I, right. So I was talking to Fan uh, running up to this event, and I was like, uh, uh, he was like, yeah, just to go to Paris. I already have my invite and and his flight as well. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to go to Paris, have some fun. What looks fun? Hmm. Scum fire sp- fire sprays look fun. Hmm. Oh well, let's play separatist. He was like, he, he played his first game on the day. With the list, <laughs> fair enough. That, 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 that's what we call doing a Tom Reed round these yeah. bits. It, as the best thing would have been if he was using borrowed ships as well, um, <laughs> bar- literally just oh, I don't own any of this. Just somebody give me a list and then just win the tournament with it. It's fine. Well, um, I think you should. I shouldn't have. I mean, maybe you should have practiced uh, the boost uh, on a medium base a bit. Uh, but hey. <laughs> 
Fan knows what, knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, it's cool. Right, we'll, we'll stop talking about Fan and his separatist list because he came 16th and then, you know, he didn't win, so whatever. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> Some, somebody else won. It's, it's all good. Um, so we also had um, we had a couple of uh, rebels um, into into cut. We had Floral and we had uh, Cormac Higgins. Um, they were both using some version of Hera, actually the same version of of Hera Han, Luke and Bodica, uh, which is an interesting variation on on the Han lists that we've seen before. Um, Hera with swarm tactics to put Bodica up to six to mean that you've got all of all of those double taps happening at high initiatives of full power. So they're always shooting before the deplete uh, revenge shot happens, uh, which is all really nice. Um, very, very punchy version. Uh, four resistance lists. Um, that's a lot of X-Wings looking down it, them. It's just a lot of X-Wings. It, it, it is, but there were 12 resistant players. Resistance were the most represented faction in the main event, like the whole Swiss. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, four of the twelve made top cut. Um, I think it was two of eight rebels. Um, after we've said one CIS out of the four. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's um, it's yeah. Although, yeah, fours a decent number to make into cut. There was a lot of resistant players. There. I mean, um, it was actually quite interesting. I think someone made a comment of the lack of FO. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a. I think there was one FO in cut. Yeah, there was yeah. one FO in cut. So yeah, five 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 FO players and yeah, one made cut. Um yeah, which yeah, you would have thought FO would actually do well into resistance. Yeah. I think conversion percentage is like FO so FO does well into resistance, except for when resistance gets average or above average dice. Mm. And it's got a lot of native mods that don't rely on tokens. So it's got a lot of rerolls from from other sources um, and things like that. So it can just punch through the lack of tokens that FO normally deals uh, deals out. And it's got enough red dice to overwhelm the three greens as well. So um it's a bit of a it's a bit of a weird one. Like we were talking about the meta on Discord a little bit earlier. Um, was it today or yesterday? And I kind of, I'm not sure that there's a, a rock paper scissors element to it at the minute. Um, I don't think it's as straightforward as this beats that and that beats this, and it's basically done to match up luck. I think there's a huge element of player skill at the moment because we're in a solved meta. You basically need to know how your list beats each of the other meta lists, and then play your your strategy, play your plan, execute on what you're trying to deliver. Um, and, you know, if you're yeah. better than your opponent, then you win the game. Or I if also, your dice are better than your opponent, you win the game. Sorry, go on, Nils. I also think the resistance list is very good at that. Uh, ask the opponent a very a very hard question. Can you deal with these five X-Wings barreling down at you? And if you have a plan for it, we might have a game. And if you mess it up, range control wrong, you just die. And I think that's why that list is so strong at the moment. If you don't have yeah. a specific plan to deal with that, um, for example, with uh, the list that uh, Tim and I flew, uh, if you don't have a good plan for Jack, Jack will just die if he's in the wrong spot. Yeah. And, and I think that's very that makes the list very strong. Yeah. So I'm just going to talk very quickly about the, the King of Swiss was Le Chancelier, whose name I always forget in um, the real world. Um, Andrew Prevost. Andrew Preville, that's him. Um, so he he won Swiss. He won day one. Um, he didn't 
win, 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 obviously. Um, <laughs> he won day one, he, he top of Swiss. And he was flying uh, a Republic list, which was um, Siege of Coruscant, Anakin in the Etta, um, Kickback, Oddball, Wolf, all Siege of Coruscant, and then Slider was dedicated as a Z95 and Click with an R3 Astromech. Um, so bit of Republic cloney beef with um, Anakin uh, flying around as well. Uh, Tim and um, Niels, you both kind of flew similar lists as you've just alluded to there. You were both using, was it three arcs and then Padme and then something else, which yes. in Tim's case was Luminara and in your case was Etta Anakin. Is that right, Niels? That's correct, yep. <clears throat> okay. Um, what was your thought about bringing that other than this looks good and so, I reckon I can joust stuff off the board? Yes. So <laughs> so what I, I wanted, a list that could beat ha- uh, uh, any uh, Rebel list. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good plan in uh, Rebel list. I played Republic uh, for the, uh, the the tournament in Mechelen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, yeah, I was, t- I was talking to Fan. I said, Fan, maybe that list is it good? Still, that, that my Mechler list was something I don't know, some clone beef, whatever. And he said, um, well, maybe try Heifer's uh, list. And I looked at it. I was like, oh yeah, this is this is very smart. Can jow stuff, and it has an uh, it has a six, mm-hmm. which in hindsight I'd rather have Lumi next time. Maybe I'm not still not sure about it, but yeah. Tim and I talked uh, at length about it. Yeah, Luminara does some bonkers stuff with um, with Padme, but Anakin gives you a six. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah, and- they, they do they do quite different jobs, um, which we also we we me and Nils did uh, obviously chat about. Um, I mean, I think yeah, it, it probably comes down to player style at the end of the day. Uh, like I can absolutely see the advantages of having the Etta. However, I also have run the Etta quite a lot, and I have certainly streamed some XTC games recently where it just dies. Like you, if yeah. you if you do not fly it well, if you're not flanking, if you get caught out and stuff like that. Like even in, our, in the final, like there were there were a couple of turns where Anakin got blocked, um, you know, and then suddenly you know you're relying on those dice just to you know hold hold through because. I mean, he's only four points, so if he does die, it's not a massive loss. Um, but, you know, no shields. And, um, yeah, I feel like if you don't take that evade action, you know, you are very reliant on, you know, rolling some natural evades. I think it's why I like um, Andrew's list um, with the dedicated on slider, like adding it in. But also, I'm guessing that you put one of Click's locks on Anakin. No. Nope. Um, <laughs> No, no, he 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 didn't. Uh, so I played Benjamin. Uh, so they're both mm-hmm. basically uh, identical lists. So um, uh, and Anakin was very much a flanker still, and uh, both arts got locked uh, to minimise the range three um, green dice, probably, and yeah. also stay alive at range one. Well, well, I think, like, yeah. You, so having played Click a lot as well, uh, that's how I would take those locks so the early game i want to take away the range three defense dice for you mm-hmm. um and then potentially the second engagement i want to make sure that you don't get a range one shot into one of my arcs um or at least take away again take away the range bonus um yeah. but yeah then, then you might start moving the lock around as you need yeah and you've also got kickback in that list as well the quarterback of aid tokens around if he needs to so mm-hmm. you know that that whole Anakin is sitting there and you could try and kill him, but 
you're not getting your range one bonus because we've got you locked. Um, and I've got two evade tokens and a couple of force. So, and I might even have a dedicated if slider hasn't popped yet. So it's, yeah, it, I like Andrews. Like it, it's a very strong combination of ships. Like counting to 20 with Republic is good. So, um, so Niels, tell us a little bit about kind of your run through. We'll, we'll talk through kind of Swiss briefly and then, um, we don't need bat reps and play-by-plays. By no, 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 no. Please, God. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, just give us a quick bit of a chat through your kind of through your day um, on on day one, and then we'll we'll jump over the cut. Yeah, um, that was good. Um, first first round is always a bit uh, exciting. Uh, played against a player. Um, can't remember the name, but. Uh, Anyhow, it was like you had like you had this very interesting list with Biggs from uh, what was it? Um, Biggs from Boy is that Boy Biggs? Is that, is that a thing? Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, which is nice and but you really didn't really knew what my list did, so and how it worked and well, Tim uh, told you already that's uh, that ended badly for for them. Um, next time to play Square. I'm, I'm yeah. gonna have to have a look at um, at that. So his name was Dasu. Yeah. Um. Uh, let me just have a look and see if I can see his list. Uh, see if I can see his list because you've you've piqued my interest with that one now. Um, uh, I found it. Uh, so it is Fang Fighter Dirk Uludin, yeah. shield upgrade. Yeah. Uh, Han Solo Battle of Yavin, Big Starlighter Battle of Yavin, and Boudica with Marksmanship Shield upgrade. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and give me two secs. I'll put the link into the chat so you can talk yeah. about any any upgrades. I've, Which I've got it. I'm just looking at it. It's a it's an interesting. Uh, it's a bit of an interesting combo of ships. I'll be honest with you. Um, but I've no idea what that Biggs does. Uh, yes, uh, selfless, which is nice, and he can he can become in the initiative of a, 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 a um, ship next to him. So if Han and himself next to him, he can bump up to six. Got, oh, so he... He's got regen, so, regen as well, so he can selfless and then recover the shields. Yeah, yeah. and he can... So he can take focus himself, then Han Solo shoots, hopefully hits, then throws a target lock at, at Biggs and shoots Proton Torp. So, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, because it's boy. It's boy Han, yeah. Yeah. It's not... It's not that Han. It's 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 the give his actions out to friends Han after he mm-hmm. does a hit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, next game was against uh, Juan Yo, the Spanish guy. Who also made mm-hmm. uh, which was a cracker of a game. I uh, messed up my uh, engagement a bit. So and I but I so I learned a lot from Fan uh, in the Polish uh, World Qualifier because he was like down so much against Bartos, but won in the in the end anyway. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I should keep my eyes on the prize, and I. The last shot of the game, I could still win. Yeah. But my, but my dice didn't co- cooperate. Or he rolled <laughs> just enough. Like, but I said, well, it was a cracker of a game. And I was like, and I said to him, well, if my, di- if my dice needs to work with me, I made a mistake earlier, which I did. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really intense game. It was really good. Uh, next game was against Lewis, also from Spain. Uh, he had the uh, all initiative five uh, Republic list. And this is the game. I, uh, my dice did cooperate, and I really diced him. So I'm sorry, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> I, I messed up my engagement yet again. But my, but his, but his dice said no. <laughs> and so there was a bit of a uh, bit of a rough one for him. I think he deserved better there. Yeah. Um. But then 
I played against Farm. Yeah, you smashed uh, him. Yes, I did. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I did. But it was a bit. So he played the five player list and he baited my uh, my ox. And I was like, we had to be at the point that the ox were pointing at Zam. So I'm like, okay, he can go straight to get behind me, or he can do a bank and try to go past me. So I gambled for the bank. He did the bank, and then he said, oh, I'll boost. And I was like, oh yeah, that's that's quite a good move. And he put down his template, and I was like, hmm, this is gonna be hard for for me, like uh, because I only get two low quality shots. But then the boost didn't fit because there was a rock there, and we both mm-hmm. were we both were convinced that boost would would fit, but it mm-hmm. didn't. So Sam had to go back and uh, got a fire thrown by by whole list, and died. Okay. So yeah, after that was like uh, quite unlucky actually. Uh, it was uncharacteristic uh, of him. Yeah. So and then I caught I caught Dutch as well, and well, it was all downhill from there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's a three dice, if it's a three ship list, and you lose one ship early, um, something like that, it kind of puts a lid on it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then round five, you um, you played a, a thrilling nail biter against Corentin. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Which, weirdly enough, I think looking at his list because he was flying the resistance five ship four x-wings and zori um that's kind of the thing that just pops your arcs what a turn isn't it yeah any any uh, we did uh, play uh, a game yeah <laughs> uh but i must say like uh so we bought some heavy beers and i i took two sips and it hit me like a truck so I, <laughs> <laughs> after like a whole day of x-wing not enough food yeah. and I down a i don't know some Nine percent beer or whatever it was, and it was like, <laughs> well, it was good. We had fun. Sounds had fun. good. <laughs> he had fun popping my orcs. <laughs> so so you're cut nine percent beer. What? Liam's awake all of a sudden. <laughs> Somebody's mentioned nine percent alcohol. <laughs> so you played against Florent in cut. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. The yeah, score so tells me that you that you battered him. Yeah, I know. I had a good plan against Han, and uh, so what happened? It was like uh, I made a asteroid, uh, big asteroid field, uh, right side of the board. I put my arse to the left, and mm-hmm. he put his Han, and he went with his Han through the rocks, and I tried to catch him there. So we, it got a bit messy for him, and then I, mm-hmm. he, uh, his Bodica uh, boosted in the t- first turn of engagement, and I shot at him with two arcs, I believe. Yeah. Oh, the two arcs and uh, shot at one arc. Took his best car. Bit lucky. And then uh, Wolf shot hit hit crit in in uh, Bodica, and he rolled four eyeballs. And he was. Uh, he said, "Whew, I'm lucky." And I and I grabbed my range ruler. I said, "Well, Batman's here." And that oh. was. Uh, <laughs> and so he took hit crit, and I shot the proton torpedo after it. And well, it was all down here. I took one shield for a whole Bodica or something. So yeah. Oh, dead fang. Yeah, I went downhill from there. Mm, okay. Padme just being Padme. It's all good. It's all good. good. Yeah, it's all good, yeah. It's it's one of those it's one of those things that either wins you a game or is irrelevant and it's never like a little bit helpful. It's either a huge swing. Yeah. Like, I think Tim Tim it happened to you in one of your runs, didn't it, where somebody re rolled into a bunch of focuses and you just went, Oh, here's Padme. Sad you yeah, so. yeah, no, it, it happens occasionally. I mean, um, I think I had that moment in the final um, mm-hmm. where I think you had that shot to kill Wolf in like the first engagement, and you literally like rolled all eyeballs out of hand. And I went, "Oh, thank!" And I think you, I think you even 
uh, for a split second, forgot your forgot about Padme because you weren't yeah, spend your focus, did you? And then turn all the hits, and I'm just like, thank goodness for Padme. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, I did it back to you as well later in the game. Yeah, yeah, no, abso- abso- absolutely, <laughs> and it is um, like uh, and an interesting. Padme is not a May, um, so it always always happens. But yeah, yeah. it's, it's um, it is a horrible gotcha moment. Um, so, yeah. yeah, so um, so you beat Florent, then you beat um, Ferrando. Uh, yeah, uh, Fritz, I believe. Yeah, yeah, Fitz. Uh, Fitz, Fitz. Sorry, Fitz. Yeah, I What's couldn't that? tell which way round his, his first name was on this. So Fitz. <laughs> so I did the thing that I I could set off uh, second. Mm-hmm. So I uh, yeah, sorry, I hurt myself a bit there. Um, so I put my uh, arcs on the other side, and I put um, Anakin like across his whole list, mm-hmm. and. He had that moment that he uh, he went for Anakin. Anakin dodged all the um, all the arcs because I did uh, I did something like a, a barrel roll in the one heart or something. Yeah. And okay. um, and then he realized his mistake. It was like oh, and then my, my arcs came barreling down. The other three ships were still left because he sent I don't know Ven- Vanessa and Temin to the uh, to. Uh, um, to Anakin, tried to catch him. Uh, mm-hmm. Anakin got away. Uh, turned off to was say, I don't know, barrel five straight or something. And then he realized his mistake. And well, that was hard to get back from that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, um, that was probably a really tough game for you, to be honest, because looking at it, it's the, it's again, it's the four X Wings and, and Zori. So unless you get your engagement absolutely perfect, mm-hmm. um, you just lose an arc a turn. It's really, really rough. It's actually the game that put me off. The list that that you that you're using was I played against um, Aurelian in a casual pickup game on TTS, and he was using four XY, and I was using the like the three arcs Anakin Padme, and like I just was like I, I the arcs have to joust, but if I joust, I die. So what do I do? <laughs> do, do you do you die? Uh, it's very. I think it's sixty forty on the joust for resistance. It's one of those ones where you're kind of forced into it. But I mean, also Aurelian range controlled me perfectly, and I played badly. But it's one of those things where I just thought, oh, that was just awful. I don't want to do that again. Um, and there's too much. There were, at the time, there was too much resistance around um, our local. Everybody was using it, so I was like, I don't want to fly arcs into a constant torrent of heavy laser cannons and T-70s firing all sorts of nonsense at me. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, um, next. Uh, Line up, knock down. Sergio Sanchez. Sergio Sanchez. That's a mirror, I believe. Something like a mirror, mirror-ish. Yeah. Yeah, a mirror-ish. Um, yeah, I think we both I think Sergio did his Anakin very well, uh, grabbing objectives all over the spot. Uh, so what happened here is he went for the objectives in the first tor- turns, mm-hmm. uh, and I went in for the kill. So I got uh, up in the damage race, and his, uh, I believe his oddball was like caught in the middle, and got yeah. uh, or, or was wolf, one of the two, and like got hammered from all the, from all sides. Uh, so I just I went for the damage race here because I saw he mm-hmm. was going for objectives. So I was like down like for many rounds, 
but like in the end had had more ships left, and then I could calmly play the objectives I needed to win the game. Yeah. It's an odd okay. one. I, I, don't, I don't know what you should do in the, in the mirror. Go for the objectives or just go for the kills. Like Tim and I in the finals, we went for the kills. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. If, yeah. if, if, I'm not sure if either of us was correct. Like I, like I won because like I killed stuff. But yeah. Yeah, bit of a weird one. And then the final, you played. And we've not actually mentioned this, by the way. Um, I was waiting for this moment to drop it in for anybody who doesn't know. But in the final, you played our producer, Sith Taker Tim who ran the whole way up the other side of the cut, having gone uh, 3-1-1 and finished 10th in Swiss. Uh, so well done, Tim. We'll have a, a brief break from Niels. And we'll talk to you for a little bit about your your journey to the final. Um, how, was your, how was your tournament? Yeah, really good. I mean, like, it's what is, yeah, it is like sort of the pressure in a way of, of making it to, to the cut. So um, I think game one, I played, um, uh, I want to say, uh, Lorian. I think it was Lorian. Um, just trying to remember his name. Yeah, so it's, it's down something different on Longshanks, uh, which was a resistance list which has Ray. And uh, unfortunately, I think Ray players do tend to play Ray a certain way where they just kind of push her forwards to go and punch stuff. Um, so I did kind of expect that, and so I just pointed uh, my list at Ray, and Ray's first range one shot in the second engagement rolled three eyes, a blank out of hand, added a blank, and then stared sadly at the table because of Padme. Um, and this is it. This is what Padme does. She can just save you from those big shots be it you know the imperial bomber list be it the t70s han stuff like that you know really can mess with those players because i think you know she probably had a focus um you know she's got the fin blank for you know to get that target lock for the reroll. um yeah. and i just burnt her down far too quickly and then the rest of the list is then like on the back foot. I mean, it was a real close game. Like I, I took a possibly a ten-two lead or something like that, um, having killed Ray. Um, but it, you know, I was essentially saved by Aurelian letting us know that time had been called. Because um, I think if it gone on another turn, then I, I potentially lose that game um, just because I was I was a bit on the back foot. Uh, game two was against uh, Klaas, who's uh, from uh, is he Amsterdam Squadron as well? Oh no, you oh, no, he's a different. He's he's, uh, he's, he's a Dutch player though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's from the up north. Okay, right. Sorry, he's hanging around with you, so I wasn't sure if. Hang on, yeah. hang on a minute. It's so funny because you go, oh no, 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 no. He's from up north, like you know, up north is like really like in America. He's, he's from up north, and that's like literally you know three days journey. But for you up north, you could do it in a bicycle in half an hour. It's like no, 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 no. I, I drive, to, I drive to Class's place in an hour by car. Oh, okay. So it's 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 about as far away as it's possible to be in the Netherlands. Is that right? I know it's not right, but sure. <laughs> I, I live thirty kilometers above Amsterdam, so <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm just I'm just joking. I know it's it's not that small. It's 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 not huge, but it's not that small. I'm just messing. The funny anyway, thing is, I'm oh, sorry. No, go on. No, I just interact uh, interject. Uh, so, class is like from from the north, and I'm from the so called northwest. So we kind of it's both like uh, like a bit of a farmers uh, farmers co uh, county both of us. So we, so the dialects uh, are a bit uh, like the, the, like they are similar, 
sometimes, and like yeah. we said something to each other in Dutch, and we screamed something uh, uh, through the room at, in Dutch, and I said to Tim, some people would say that was not Dutch, <laughs> because it was like some horrible dialect thing. <laughs> right. But yeah, so it was yeah, real close game again. It was uh Rack Three Bombers Del Mico. Um I think uh perhaps a slight misunderstanding about Del Mico's ability and so because I've obviously run Inferno Squadron a lot, I knew exactly what his ability was. So when that was trying to be triggered, I was like, No, no it's it doesn't trigger so there's be a damaged attacker. Um so he didn't quite get the, the you know, that defensive re roll that he was hoping for. Um, and the bombers were quite aggressive and, and Rack sort of held back. Um, but um, Chirino with Vader crew um, can be quite annoying for me late game because it's just stripping off that focus token that I want to pass around. Um, so it was scramble the transmissions. Um, I think I did fairly well with um, putting the pressure on with objectives. Um, I don't think I killed the decimator, but I did kill you know a few of the bombers and stuff. Um, so I won that by one point. So it was 2019. Um I don't think that was a time game. I think that was one of those games where I just hit 20 just to end the game. Might have been time. I can't quite remember. Um, but yeah, so 2-0 at this point, feeling quite happy. And then I played uh, Benjamin uh, Ponroy from uh, Team France, um, taking that Republic list we've already discussed, which is essentially Oddball, Wolf, uh, Kickback for passing evade tokens, uh, Click for the you know the target lock. He had Slider. Uh, he flew Slider really well, like he put Slider behind a rock at one point, and I completely forgot about Slider's ability and was able just to side slip around it and stuff. And then Anakin on the flank as well was was uh, doing really well. And it was Assault, I've got the extra medium base, and I know from this matchup that I kill his arcs, and then he hasn't got anything that's aggressive enough to kill my list. Um And I think I moaned a bit uh, about dice variants in this game because... My, Boo my, you. I know, Boo you. but but I I will flip that around and say um, that I became I had a sort of epiphany later on in the event, and I'll come on to that um, about dice variants. But I was feeling pretty down after that game because I mean I, I got smashed essentially. It was twenty to Benjamin, nine to me at assault in a what I would class a favourable matchup. Um, so I was like, oh, you know, on the high of being two and O's and then suddenly being two one, and it's like, oh, you know, it is what it is. However, then everything flipped on its head. I played um, Francois uh, from France as well, running resistance, a different, real different resistance list as well. So it was Poe Falcon with swarm tactics and coordinating shenanigans. So there was. Um, uh, C-3PO, um, some other bits in there, but but essentially you then had LO with Swarm Tactics, you had a random Y-Wing, so what you'd do is you'd chain the Swarm Tactics across, so he had, a, he had three initiative six shots, um, but unfortunately this was where like dice variants came to my favour. My dice were hot, Francois' were horrible, and what I always say to people is that Padme takes average dice to bad dice, and when you start with bad dice, Padme just makes it even worse. And same with Luminara as well. Like, if you have an average roll, I can very easily make that a bad roll. And there's not, not a lot you can do. I'm pretty sure, like, Poe had a range one shot and rolled, like, maybe three eyeballs on a shot and stuff like that. So, um, 
I I kind of said, you know, sort of held my hands up at the end of the game and went, okay, I can't moan about dice now because I, I lost a game, I felt, on dice, and I won a game on dice. So kind of the universe had balanced at that point. <laughs> um, so 3-1, and then, yes, we all did maths. And, yeah, so me and Ander took the draw in the final round, and I think I finished 10th overall, uh, moving into yeah. top cup. Yes, you did. Uh, so... I will talk about the venue and stuff later, but top cut wise, yeah, sure. yeah. Um, I um, drew uh, Marcin, uh, mm-hmm. who I think is definitely from Amsterdam Squadron because he was wearing the shirt. Yes, um, he is. So, he is. Yep. Um, and I think Ollie Potnell actually. Um, obviously, I was chatting on the England Discord about like you know I think guys would perhaps just give me some advice. So it's three bombers, uh, Chirino and Lurier. And Ollie played Martin at the WTC and said, oh, he was quite conservative with his bombers, really aggressive with his decimator. And Martin was really thorough with turn zero. So I was first player, and the way he was thinking about rock placement and where I was flying and how he wanted the engagement, he was basically using... Actually, I will say, this is another swing of luck. Uh, It was chance engagement. And if you're going to play a decimator, any scenario, chance engagement is a godsend. So, yeah, I, I was already lucky there. But the way he was using the spare objectives to consider where he was putting the sixth um, obstacle, and you know, I thought was really, really thorough, and he, he was really thinking about it. He's not been playing the game long as well, chatting to him. So, uh, yeah, he really thought about that. And what I tend to do with my list is deploy on one flank or the other. I ended up deploying in the centre because I was setting up like most of my list before him and so I wanted to sort of give myself options of going left or right depending where you know I knew normally I'd go after the bombers first because if my list can kill his bombers then I'm probably okay um but I got the range control absolutely spot on in the first engagement and I put a picture up in our group chat where only one bomber was in range the other two had no shots but my entire list was range two of the um, the decimator, and I just absolutely blitzed into the decimator, ignored the bombers, and I halved Chirino in that first engagement. I gave, gave him a panic pilot, and then yeah, essentially the next over the next couple of turns, finished off the decimator and just started popping bombers, um, and he, he he held his hand up and said that he got that engagement wrong. And it was. It's it's one of those choices you have to make as players, isn't it? You know how fast each each list can go. Is the Republic list going to do three banks, or is it going to do one banks? Are the bombers going to do one banks, or are they going to do three banks? Uh, I banked a little bit based on the advice I'd been given that he might go conservative, uh, and he did. So he did like one banks with his bombers or two banks. I only did one banks or, or one speed or two speed maneuvers with my ships, which meant that he was out of range with two of his shots, and that basically won me the game because I was able to then, you know, you know, not worry about two barrage rockets, you know. So, uh, yeah, so nice, nice win there. Um, and then I move into top eight territory, and this is where, you know, the top 16 was my must win game because I knew if I made it to top eight, because there were players in the top eight. Uh, with world's invites already that i was probably in the territory of maybe getting a roll down invite so the top 16 was my must win game and then we just hopefully win our 
you know top eight game and top eight i drew uh juanio um from spain who just won well not just won it was a little while back but won the spanish world's open qualifier uh, and he's you know a very good player uh running um five ship resistance so uh he had lulo had zori usual three t70s and i know i can beat it but it is a dice game and my god like i think we, we were joking like Cormac and Dell were watching because unfortunately they both got knocked out um, in top 16 but they were obviously giving me the good vibes and we were joking that Ander was sat beside Juanio uh, just sucking all his luck away um, because like it, it's one of those embarrassing games you have where nothing he rolls comes off and everything I roll comes up like like literally I could not stop rolling paint and it, yeah it was one of those like he um again i think i got my range control pretty right i mean we we i mean i thought and the spectators thought that padme was just out of range of zori and that mm-hmm. was going to be horrible for jag but um but padme was just in and with luminara and his role the plasma uh, and sorry and selfless the plasma torpedo didn't hit jag so then you know nice. yeah oddball takes a shield and Jag just sits there going, I'm fine. And every other Aww. ship is obviously set up going after Jag. And it's just like, well, that's 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 it then. Um, Lulo had to barrel roll boost to get out of a couple of my ship's arcs. But all that meant is it was range two of Oddball, range one of Jag. So then Oddball shoots Lulo, does a shield or two, because my dice were good, his dice were bad. Um but then that gives Jag the target lock focus and Jag just del- deletes Lulo. And I think I put my scorecard up as a picture. Um, so turn two, I got four points for killing a ship. Turn three, I got four points for killing a ship. Turn four, four points for killing a ship. And it was just, it, it, they should not have been popping so quickly. Um, but yeah, so it's, I think it was a 17-3 victory. I think we called it. Um, so yeah, it was yeah really good. I mean, actually it did turn out that I could have ended up playing Dale game two because Dale played Juanio in the top 16 and got knocked out. But I could have had to have played Dale and then Cormac, um, <laughs> just the way it worked out. But unfortunately, they both lost their top 16, which was good for them because their Eurostar that should have been at half nine at night got cancelled and they had to get a half three train in the afternoon. So it would have been quite touch and go whether or not, you know, where they were in cut and you know, if they had to make their train or not. So um so then we had a lunch break and I um drew Coratan uh for another five ship resistance battle and it's like, well, I'm top four now, got my world's invite. Um Coratan's a good friend. We've you know he he, he stayed at the same hotel at us at Games Expo, um not this one but the one before. Um, you know, had some, you know, nice chats with him and always sort of chat at events so it was nice to play a friend and we'll just see what happens and i mean it was a super close game but i think i just edged it on dice again just you know padme was working hard again i think plasma torpedo bounced um you know and then suddenly because the range the 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 first engagements at range three with padme luminara rolling the extra green dice with you know being able to spend other ships focus tokens um so he did quite well of he had dozer in his list so the t70 that can shoot backwards as opposed to lulo yeah. um but i was just able to 
it was very touch and go. I did get a few of his T-70s down to one or two harlot times and just not able to finish them off. But over the course of the game, just managed to just sort of pull it back and, yeah, secured the win for a 17-11 win. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was, it was real close. But, it, I mean, I, I, I will absolutely say, like, from moaning about dice for my loss at, with Benjamin and then my next, what, three games, four games? Um, I mean, all right, the, the Imperials... I wouldn't say his dice. Like I, I, th- I think that was one that I will put, sort of pat my back, myself on the back for. That that was one that I set up perfectly to win the game. Um, but I think the yeah the three resistance games were absolutely just, you know determined by dice. I mean, probably I'm okay in the Poe matchup with Francois, but the two the two five ship matchups it is a dice game. I mean, just the, listening to the two of you talking about kind of your progression, it, it's just reminding me that lists are the thing that we can talk about. This is the thing I couldn't think about last week, by the way. It was in my brain last week, and then it popped out. Lists are the thing that we can talk about online. Lists are the like the core thing that you can discuss when you're, you know, when you're lunch break or in the traps having a poo, and you're just wanting to, you know, do noodling on your phone. You can stick a list up and say, "Oh, what am I?" What about this? Can I change this for that? Is it better? But ultimately, the thing that's really, really difficult to talk about online is like strategies, tactics, you know, turn zero. How do I engage this? What, you know, this list against that list with this given um, scenario? It's all that stuff that, that is almost intangible. You can't really discuss it. So we talk about lists a lot and we do it as a community and we do it here on the podcast. Um, but fundamentally, in order to win an event, you need to pick a decent list, right? And that is essential because, you know, you, you can't just turn up with any old crap and, and do all right unless you're a very specific type of player. Um, but once you get your list, you then you've got matchup luck because you could get list gapped into something. You know, like um, when we went over to the, the store championships the other week at um, Sanctuary Gaming, um, and one lad had brought, um, Jack had brought four interceptors for a yep. laugh. Um, and Tim got list gapped into him on chance engagement because he was like, so there's four interceptors moving after my entire list. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can just never, never shoot any of them and it's chance engagement. So, you know, I can't get points. There's just no way for me to win this game sort of thing. But, you know, you, you don't expect that. But, you know, ultimately, if that had happened in the world's qualifier, that kills your chances of progressing in the world's qualifier um, because, you know, that's a loss. Um, but so you've got that matchup luck then you've also got a huge amount of dice and variance luck in inverted commas because you know you can build your list and you can play your list in a way that maximizes the amount of mitigation of variance so you know having re-rolls having tokens all that kind of stuff which is really important um and it's one of the things that i think new players take a while to learn is when to take a focus when to take a lock you know what what is the right time to do different actions and you know but ultimately this is all comes down to how you win an event is a little mixture of luck a little mixture of skill a little mixture of list and a little mixture of matchup um and you know you two guys ended up on the top table together so just um, a quick quick one with that i will say again i think one of the key things i found in my 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 game against uh, koratan as well is it was uh, scramble um yeah. and i knew that he could just delete my ships so i made sure that i played that scenario heavily 
so in the first engagement, I was holding two. Uh, I'd, I'd scrambled two objectives, and Padme was only using her ability for the first half of the game and then the second half of the game i just started doing hard threes and three banks and she just flew around because um so what was really interestingly is how you place the objectives in scramble and normally most players place like three across the middle and i knew in this matchup and much like perhaps i may, I may want to play the imperial bombardist i actually like a triangle on one side um, but I was first player, so I had to put down my first objective. So I was thinking, okay, we're going to play three across the centre. But Coratan actually decided to make the triangle as well. So it was interesting that he went for that because I think that favoured me as well. Now he obviously it favours both of us. Um, just the way that the, how the T70s move, and with Elo being able to do ta white talons and you know do bits and bobs. Um, but Padme did not use her ability for for until the last turn. And then the rest of it, I even flew her for a rock at one point because I was just like, well, I do the hard three here. I go through the rock. I get my free full um, full throttle evade. Uh, and then because I'm not overlapping the rock, I do my perform action step scramble. Uh, and then R2-D2 repairs one of the shields that the asteroid knocked off. And it's just little things like that in your list is, well, actually, I need to keep playing the scenario because I just made sure that I kept ticking up the uh, um, scenario points uh, along with the kill points. And that's mm -hmm. what I think really, because then your T-70s are having to give up their focus actions to scramble objectives back. Like Temin at one point went, because he was first player, moved, scramble objective, so didn't have a focus, which meant he didn't kill Jag at range three. Um, but because he moved first, I just scrambled it back anyway. Um, so it's yeah, but he but he was on the back foot, like he had to start scoring objectives. Um, so that was a that was a real key decision for me in how I could win that game. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to keep your uh, win condition uh, in sight, uh, mm -hmm. whatever your list is of how you do how you do it. What helped uh, What helped me was uh, preparation. Uh, so I went to a local last week, uh, which class won, uh, by the way. And I played this list. I played really badly. And I, and I made a lot of mistakes. And I was like, okay, so this doesn't work. This doesn't work. So I made some at home. I made some formations with the arcs. I do this. I do that. Uh, which you probably also saw in the um, opening engagement of our uh, of our joust in the finals. Uh, spoiler. Yeah. Like things like that. Uh, remember, your arc have, has a barrel roll. Uh, especially remember that Oddball has a barrel roll. Uh, yeah, so those little things. Uh, really can re can really help you out if you like really know the nitty gritty of your list. Yeah, yeah, that that repping is important. Um, and then just not throwing games, but like look at the games, not at the result, and then say to yourself, okay, so I lost my first round against the bomber list. Like, okay, the bombers can pop an arc, but my arcs didn't really point the right way, so I have to make a good plan for that, so the arcs move like I want them to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So the final. Yeah. So, this is where you get to be mean about yeah. each other. Be like, <laughs> oh yeah, he was super try hard. Like, made me dial a ship off the board, and you know, made I, me change the <laughs> dials. So yeah, that genuinely, I would like to be able to bitch and moan here, but no, I. Mm -hmm. Nils is, and I'm not blowing smoke up him here. You know, is 
you know, is 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 a nice guy on and off the table. Um, we had a little chat before the game and just said, look, you know, yes, I think, you know, I think Neil's made made the comment of, yes, there's money on the line because of the flights and accommodation, but let's just play the game. If there's anything contentious, just call a judge, let them decide for us what, you know, where we're, where we're set. Let's just play, play the game. Um, and we even had a chat about the tray. So, um, so the way that the world's open qualifier goes, um, the second place person gets nothing. For, for getting to the final um so i made the suggestion i said how would you feel about a gentleman's agreement that uh second place gets the tray first place gets the flights accommodation and the trophy and then that way the whoever finishes second has something to walk away with um as like a memento from the weekend or could potentially sell it if they wanted to use like you know the funds to help them get to worlds uh which we both agreed would would be a, a sort of a fair result mm-hmm. um from the weekend but yeah it was it was a very friendly game, and and this is it. It was just, yeah, yeah. It was it was a mirror essentially. Obviously, Anakin Lumi being the two differences. Um, I, I felt you flew Anakin very well. Uh, your positioning with him was was really good for that um, first engagement. And um, I am. This is not a moan, um, but it is essentially. I knew it would be a dice game, and that's essentially it. With Wolf going down to one hole in that first engagement and i think i may have done two or three damage cards to oddball yeah oddball. silly um, so silly like that yeah if not for Padme, i would have killed wolf as well yeah oh i mean that was it like that last shot and like jag range one wasn't it and i'm just sat there going yeah. oh i can't believe i've lost an arc on this first engagement because like my greens were really cold like literally no paint at all and i must have had like multiple focus tokens left to spend at the end of the turn mm-hmm. um and i'm just sat there like just uh, oh I've, I've lost the game in the first engagement and um then yeah you literally rolled all those eyeballs out of hand and i was just like oh thank you Padme." you know yeah. just just save me and then i uh self-bumped wolf the next turn and killed him anyway so who who cares yeah um, yeah <laughs> that, what was funny about like they're setting up uh because i'm kind of known like uh for playing joust lists uh, i used to play the what was it the triple the torco triple herox and uh c4 list which I took to Worlds last time, and uh, it was like last time I went, like years ago. I always play like a very robust uh, Joust list. So you set up to Joust, and I sent I the picture to my friends, like, whoa, this man is, is coming up to Joust me? I was born for this, I said. Uh, it's just a thing for the list, and now it's. But that's it. You said, you said earlier, like, you weren't sure if it was correct to play scenario or correct to Joust. Uh, I personally believe in that matchup you Joust, because. You just it is it is a dice game. Like I mean, it was assault. I think wasn't it? Um, so uh, I, I, I've been me next to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't think either of us really gains an advantage in that in that scenario. It's not like you're going to pick up crates and run off with them or something like that. Um, so I think you just put all your guns to bear and you just because whoever kills the first arc, certainly if it's mm-hmm. in that in that first engagement. Um, I think then runs away with the game because you've just got that extra three or four dice shot with all the mods and tricks that that that, that arc brings. Um, so yeah, like joust, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Like normally people say when two players joust, one player's wrong. Um, I would say this. I think this is the exception, which is I think we both joust and we just decide it based on yeah. Who, well, you you forced me to because I had lo- I lost a uh, won the world roll. So I had to place my ships first. I was like, oh, let's see what you do. You play ships across, so I was like, okay, well, 
I guess we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, but then like, t- turn, turn zero, though, uh, I think certainly yourself, I don't think I contributed too much, but all the rocks were stacked on the other side. Um, so, yes, I, I could have said, no, I don't want to joust you. And mm-hmm. you had all that open space on the on basically my my left hand side, your right hand side of the board, um, yeah. but the opposite side of the board had like five of the obstacles in it. So yeah. yes, I could have gone the far side, but I would have had to flown through the rocks. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, why why put myself through that with the extra headache of maneuvers, the risk of losing shields before we engage when we inevitably we will joust anyway because it'll just be a delayed joust on like the angle. Yeah. Um, I- yeah. yeah, my thinking with the rocks was like, okay, if I put, do this, because I knew I was like at the place first, I can either do a joust, which is 50-50, uh, or you don't want to joust, you put it on the other side, and then you'll have a rough game ahead of you. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, I, I, so then, yeah, then it's a joust, and yeah, I mean, Luminara should give me a bit of the edge defensively, but Anakin mm-hmm. gives you the, uh, the edge offensively. Um, although... Actually, you ended up shooting oddball with your Anakin, and then your main target was Wolf. So Anakin mm-hmm. didn't really have a massive impact on that first engagement. Um, but yeah, it's yeah overall he obviously did. But um, yeah, no, it's it's fine. Like I, I absolutely no complaints of losing the final that way. Like I say, I rode my luck massively in you know top two, uh, top well, uh, top four, top eight. Um, so to lose the game essentially on dice, and it wouldn't say my dice were good or bad, just just it was, it was dice essentially that determines the game. Um, I've got no complaints because it's like, uh, I, I I came to Paris to get my world's invite. I got my world's invite, and anything else was just a bonus. Yeah, I I I'm not sure if I w- would have gone to worlds if I just had the invite because at my in my line of work it's really hard to get days off. And uh, today I came in. It's like said to a boss. So I've got hotel. I got I've got accommodations and flight for the world championship. So end of March I won't be in. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And you deal with it. It's e- easier to go and say, look, I've already won it. I'm representing my country mm-hmm. at the world championships. It's the it's the line that um, a few of the teachers in the UK use when they're going to worlds. They they say, you know, it's a it's a it's a competitive game, and I'm representing my country in the world yeah. championship. Um, and the teachers go, "All oh, right, then, good, fine, whatever. I'll get a substitute in for that." Um, so, yeah, it's good because you, you're a you're in education as well, aren't you, Niels? Is that right? Yes, I, I, I teach uh, special needs. Yeah. Yeah. So you do you don't want to be taking time off, but you know, if you want to go and play X Wing, then you got to play X Wing. You know. Yeah. Is that why you're so friendly with me? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, just deadpan, straight up. Yes, let's go. Okay. Uh, so awesome. I mean, it sounds like a really good um, thing. I was going to ask Niels. I was going to ask you some questions about like kind of your approach to the game. But in the conversation that that, that we've been having with you, you, you've been talking a lot about kind of your turn zero, your decision making, your do I just do or not just like all that kind of stuff. So yep. um, I feel like I, I don't want to just ask you to repeat yourself again. So. Um, Ben and Liam, you've both been sitting relatively quietly, nicely in the background for a change. Have either of you got any questions about anything that we've been we've been listening to? Uh, no, to be perfectly honest, it's all kind of just been answered. Yeah, it's uh, actually in the been nice. Of the conversation. 
All right, one at a time, kids. <laughs> Shut up. Go on, Ben. <laughs> I'm just saying it's it's nice to pay attention and listen. It wasn't <laughs> it wasn't a need to add anything. Yeah. Because you were quiet for once. Do you mind me saying something about the tournament as a whole? Yeah. Uh, oh, no, please, please carry on. So I think, like, uh, Pierre did a really good job of running it. It just rolled very smooth. Uh, when the first tickets came out, I thought it was like a bit, uh, the price was a bit steep. But then we got we got free coffee in the morning. We got lunch. We got two two drinks a day, like a day as well. And even if you uh, didn't make day two, on day two there was still lunch and coffee and everything for all the players, regardless of you ma- if you made uh, top 16 or not. So it was like, it was really, I think it was really cool. Uh, the, the whole venue was good. Bit warm, but it was in the in the cellar, I believe. So yeah, C- yeah. can't help can't help that. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, Pierre was assisted by uh, Jan. Um, oh yeah. So yeah. Jan. So yeah. They they both did a great job. I think the venue venue staff were really nice as well. Really nice and friendly. Mm-hmm. Certainly from for myself, I do not speak French. Like I literally a few words. I did not study French. Um, so they were very polite and, and friendly with, and like you say, yeah, the, the fact that we got a croissant or, or, you know, brioche or whatever and coffee for, for sort of when we got in, we got, um, yeah, a nice sort of, you know, baguette with cheese and ham for lunch. I meant we didn't have to go out and go and find food. Um, then, you know, the venue itself, like the, the, the bar, you know, has multiple beers on draft. So, you know, end of the day, you can have a few sort of sort of pints of beer at the end. Um, it's, yeah, very much like a bar-like element in a way. Um, and then the gaming space, like most of the tables, you had like a six-foot table with just one mat on, which was great. Yeah. There were a couple of tables where it was six foot with two mats on. And so I did have a chat to them about possibly thinking about where those double mats were in future because there was a couple of side rooms and maybe they could put the double mats in the side rooms and maybe have like a side table or something because they couldn't have the side tables in the main hall because it would have like obviously cut like you know fire escape routes and stuff off uh, but that's something they can think about for future but its location is fantastic oh yeah it's great so i i got an airbnb for me cormac and dale five minute walk so i yeah like you say it was a bit warm because it's in, in a in a basement cellar um so i went and changed my shorts on the lunch break on day one and came back um but you know we had to walk past a little uh sort of patisserie on the way there so we we, we didn't know we, we were getting croissants so we bought you know some bits and bobs there um but like from the train station where it's uh uh where eurostar comes into it's like 15 minute walk um so i flew into charles de gaulle i got a train down which yeah, it took probably about 45, 50 minutes to get the train down into Paris. But once I got off at the train station, like the venue's 15-minute walk, you know, the Airbnb was another five-minute walk the other side. Um, there was a lovely um, bar that Dale and Cormac found um, where we basically, I think I I ended up eating every night and, and just drinking because it was just convenient because, again, it was basically between the venue and the Airbnb. Um but yeah, no, it's a great little location, I think. Yeah, the, the great thing is that you can also bring your wife. Yeah, well, that's and, and that, that well, that is important for people that need to earn wife points or girlfriend points or partner points or whatever it may be. Is oh. that you can say, hey, do you fancy a weekend away in Paris? Uh, by the way, I won't be around in the daytime. Yeah, that's that's what I did. The class brought his wife as well. Uh, so it's like I think it's good. So my wife, my wife went to Disneyland on the Saturday. 
and she went shopping on the Sunday. Uh, so yeah, I think it, because Paris is just a very fun place to be in general, right? Because in the center. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just very good. Uh, <laughs> if you go to Paris, like, like if you so we drove there and we booked a um, a parking spot at a hotel. In the in their uh, uh, in their garage or their cellar or whatever, and class didn't, uh, so he had to pay, he had to pay 50 uh, euros per six hours on Ooh. the street. <laughs> so yeah, so book a book a parking spot somewhere if you drive there. <laughs> that's the one tip I would uh, like to give you guys. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, fr- that's that's uh, that's French, just basically doing a tourist tax right there, isn't it? Just yeah. like saying so. <laughs> yeah, I, have to, right, I mean. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I was just saying. I, I I looked at the um at the venue and it did look really nicely spaced out. Like the pictures that Tim was sending back, um, it looked like a really, like a good um, good solid venue. I was interested that they had you know proper beer on tap because Element does beer, but it's like cans and bottles and things like that. It doesn't yeah. tend to get draft in unless you ask them to, and then it's kind of you know they've got a buy get hire all the stuff in to use them so they don't tend to do it unless you know somebody's really obsessed with getting some kegs in but oh well, th- um, yeah i mean like for, i mean yeah it's like, i think two two things there one uh, elements on the first floor so getting beer kegs up there is a bit of a pain uh but secondly i think also the french are certainly a lot prouder of you know perhaps their beers than 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 we are as a nation so um i and i was very happy to drink the french beer like i'm not you know i'm not a big beer drinker um mm. but i yeah i was quite happy drinking the german trip said otherwise no yeah, well no but again that's that's, <laughs> ger- that's german beer though you know and i'm i'm, I'm fine with like german pilsners and stuff like that but i find the british lagers too gassy so i just don't drink lagers over here um i'll drink cider if i drink a pint um but you know the uh, yeah french beer was lovely went down very well mm-hmm. we're gonna have to get mike upton to teach you about actual not gassy lager no beer. michael upton just... can go in the bin with his choice of beers because he he got me a beer once in the blossoms and <laughs> i was sick within like 10 minutes like, try this one it's got hints of sawdust I, I don't know. Not. I don't know what he got me, and it might have been the fact that maybe I'd drunk far too much by that point anyway, and maybe <laughs> spirits may have been involved. But no, I, Michael, Michael Upton is not buying me alcohol ever again. I mean, he has three drinks, and you can't understand a word he's saying. <laughs> okay, I just assumed that I he, I just couldn't understand what he was saying at all. Um, <laughs> I love drinking with Mike. It's great. He's a good. He's good company. Mm. Good company. Yes. He knows his. Uh, let's not talk about drunk Mike and, um, and where my uh, X-wing collection may or may not have gone after Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> but I got him back to the UK, so that was the important thing. <laughs> you got to her in the end. Mm. <laughs> I'm still surprised. Well, you have to return me one thing. Well, that's it. I had a choice between getting Mike back to the UK or getting my ex-wing back to the UK. <laughs> I think I think I cho- choose poorly, but hey ho. <laughs> Sorry, my PC went to sleep, and so it switched. I off had it as well, um, yeah. <laughs> switched off my microphone. <laughs> so, um, well, we're just talking about Mike. Yeah, what I mean, I, I, so, yeah, going back to the venue and everything like that. I just will say, if it's if it's back there again, I will be back 
like a shot. It was so so convenient for for an international X wing event. Much like like Canova was pretty convenient for where me and we and Ben stayed in regards to like the venue and everything like that. But I think we still had to get we had. Did we get the training each day? I yeah, think. we got a training. I mean, this was so much easier. I mean, like literally, the only place I've ever stayed closer is uh, is at Element Games when I I. I could stay at home but i choose to book the premier in that's across the road from the venue like i've never stayed anywhere that that's close uh like an hour lunch break i think i was in and out in like 20 minutes like back to the airbnb and then back into the venue yeah i was in a, at a three minutes walk or something silly it's amazing yeah yeah well and, this is it and, and because it's paris and, and that sort of area of paris there's so many hotel options and airbnbs for different budgets and like mm-hmm. you, i i could have stayed up at the uh, airport for like a third of the price and just taken the train each day and the trains weren't that expensive um but it was just it was just the hour commute that i didn't want to do and i was so glad that i ended up like if if Dale and Cormac hadn't come over as well, that's what I probably would have done. Was just gone for a cheap hotel and taken the train in. But yeah, because they came over and wanted to share an Airbnb, I ended up spending more on accommodation. But the hassle I saved and the the money I saved traveling was massive. Yeah, I I got that from the um, the year in just at the UK Games Expo, where I thought I'd save money by getting a hotel in Birmingham city centre near the train station um, and it was dreadful because basically you get the worst of both worlds, you don't get to hang out at the venue, you have to jump on a train where you're really tired and you just want to go to sleep, you've got to do mm-hmm. you know, a 45 minute kind of walk train, walk check in somewhere and it's just like nope, I, I, I in future will always try and get as close to the venue as possible I think no. The only thing I regret is not sharing a beer with you after uh, Tim, because I had to drive uh, ho- uh, help driving home. <laughs> no, and, and oh, that's well. ab- but that's absolutely fine. Like and and like, yeah, in a way, I was it was nice to get the final like joust and, and get the game played mm-hmm. um, because I, you, you, see, you were you were driving back. Uh, you know the you know the other sort of you know the French team that were very supportive, like Aurelian um quarantine and you know the rest uh they were obviously driving back home to where they lived so they they're, they're not paris locals a lot of them um so you know i was yeah quite happy for people to bomb burst and i say I, I had a nice um bit of beef tartare and a few beers hey, got him <laughs> yeah got him in but no, it was, That's I mean, like, it was, like, and yeah, socially it was great. Like, we went, so Cormac and Dale, um, I met them, obviously, once I'd flown in. Um, we had a bit of creme brulee and some beers once I'd obviously got in as well. Um, but the Saturday night, uh, we met up with a load of the sort of French community um, and just, you know, just chatted and had a few drinks and it was really nice just to sort of chat to new people. I mean, that's the the best thing as well about the whole event for me was I played uh, completely new players all day. I didn't play anybody. I mean, it, there's very few people I've actually played at that event. But you know, it's normally sod's law that you. Not that I travelled over Dale and Cormac, but I half expected to play one or both of them during the Swiss because that's just the way it happens. Uh, but yeah. no, I played loads of new players uh, or new new people. Like maybe people I've chatted to, but never had a chance to play. So no, I've really enjoyed that. 
all these all these classy Europeans who, as soon as you plonked your English ass down opposite them and said, I'm very sorry, I don't speak your language, you'll have to speak mine, let's go. Um, and and they went, yeah, of course. Um, like the thing with the Dutch people, right? And I don't know, Niels, how, um, how, how much of a linguophile you are, but um, my... Uh, my former boss used to live um, or, or grew up on the German-Dutch border, um, very close, and she spoke four languages fluently and could get by, I think, in Italian. So, mm-hmm. like, spoke four fluently and one a little bit. Um, and she just said, this is just how Dutch people are. We, and I experienced it once in a um, in a training course where... It was a training course in Germany being led by an Italian lady with people from all over Europe. And she just looked around the room and said, do we have anybody here from the United Kingdom? And the three of us put our hands up and she said, "Okay, so we'll do the course in English then. And everybody and everybody just shrugged their shoulders. And but it was fine because they all spoke English. But we obviously didn't speak any of the other. There was no other common language. But Uh, um, uh, so I myself, I speak Dutch, of course, and uh, uh, I speak both regular Dutch and local dialect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, uh, I speak English, of course, and uh, I speak... Uh, the Germans would describe my German as uh, drunk German, which is fine. I once went to a German nationals, and I, was the, I, I met this lovely German fellow who didn't speak English. And I said, well, that, that means that's, I, we have to do it in in German, then, you know, and, he, and I started talking like bad German at him, and he really tried to help me through it. But the two German people, <laughs> the two per, the two people next to us, the two German, the German man next to us, they couldn't stop laughing because <laughs> I said all kinds of stupid. Hey, hey! Of course. Oh, sorry. There we are. Yeah, oh, there's always one. No, I did it. Oh, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. I think I think Tim already did one earlier himself as well, so it's all good. It's all good. Um, cool. All right. I think we're going to wrap it up because we've been we've been rattling on for over an hour and a half now, but it's been uh, it's been super interesting and lovely lovely bit of a conversation. Uh, Niels, do you have any shout outs or any call outs or any thank yous or anything that you want to yeah. do? Yeah. So I would like uh, to thank all the Dutch people there because it was really a as we went out together uh, after uh, after the Saturday. The Dutch people were like all lovely guys. I would uh, like to, especially found uh, with this uh, beautiful boost, uh, which was great. <laughs> I also would like to, uh, of course, uh, uh, thank my wife because, like, that's that's good. She went with me. It was like good company uh, uh, on the roads, and uh, you know, so that's that's. I, I really like that. See uh, that we give each other so much room to uh, to do our own thing. Uh, whether it be her thing or my thing, and I know I'm not saying that because she's behind me on the couch. <laughs> I, but that's it. Cool. Um, Tim. Uh, yeah, I think obviously Dan and Cormac. I will say thanks. Obviously, they they're quite experienced uh, Premier level like sort of players from UK and Ireland. 
Um, so having them around was great, just a bit of support uh, locally, uh, even though they did decide to play a, a, a prank on me on uh, the way over. So as soon as I turned my phone back on, uh, they, I got loads of messages saying we're at the wrong place, that, you know, we're, we're on the other side of Paris. So obviously I'm starting to panic and sort of I messaged the Airbnb, uh, almost uh, accusing the concierge of uh, sending people to the wrong address. And then uh, they're like, no, no, it's just a joke. Calm down. I'm just like, ah. Oh. <laughs> okay so they got me good and proper so so dale's probably listening to this on the way to work so yes well done dale very funny um but no uh, like you know sift takers uh team england tonton squadron loads of support over messages over the weekend so thanks everybody for that um obviously I mean, we, we've shouted out obviously all the opponents and stuff but i will say mm-hmm. congratulations to Niels again because it was um well played and well deserved win and um you know that's it it's not much much else to say I, i'm so i'm i'm just absolutely stoked i got my world's invite so that's that's yeah, all, congratulations all yeah congratulations um, to both of you yeah i'm also absolutely stoked i would ne- i never thought i would like make it this far in the in the, in the tournament to be honest so i'm very happy uh to uh, have gotten this result i feel i feel very lucky no it's not luck man it's skill all yeah, skill I don't think, yeah well a bit maybe i take i take a bit of skill okay <laughs> yeah i mean i'm i'm looking at the top 16 and it's a bit of a shark tank of people who've won a lot of stuff um and i mean that all all that put aside the um oh benjamin who who ran the event um is it benjamin no no pierre, uh... pierre. oh pierre yeah sorry i mixed up uh, pierre is an absolutely phenomenal player um but he organizes and runs all of the events um that that happen in kind of Paris, all the like top level ones. So he's like the French equivalent of Chris Mitchell. Um, so he doesn't actually get to play much, but when he does play, he tends to smash and grab. Like he, I think he made cut of the UK Games Expo as well. So yeah, just like looking at the the at the top sixteen. If that had been a top eight, there'd have been eight incredibly good players who hadn't made cut. Um, and uh, yeah, as it was, it was sixteen really good players got into cut and you know fought it out so yeah well deserved don't don't minimize your achievements Niels. you deserved it <laughs> I tried to be so, um just on one last thing um before kind of we sign off while we're in in this kind of bit that occasionally people listen to um the isoplane raffle for um kind of raising funds to send people to worlds who've um you know not not able to afford it who need a little bit of support to get themselves there um it has just gone live at uh, just before we've recorded actually so um i'm just looking down some of the prizes and we'll maybe talk a little bit more about it next week um but some of the prizes include um kind of world's qualifier templates and range rulers um it also includes a pair of the what are now called the chili sparkly dice so as far as we know there's 32 pairs of these dice in the wild um, they got given out to some people we talked about it at the time of the podcast they got given out by an asmodee rep um, to some people in Chile to run uh, like a community supported event um, and some pictures of them went up on the internet and everyone was like wait what are those um, so there's a pair of them up um, in the raffle um, you can go to www.xwing.life forward slash raffle um, in order to have a look at um, basically a lot of the stuff that's that's up for um a lot of the stuff that's up for for the raffle. It's a load of the stuff that Louis's been producing, Louis Leong, uh, Putini um, parts, as well as official FFG stuff, 
um, and it all looks really good. Um, so I'm just going to wait for payday and then grab myself some tickets. Um, they're doing deals like it's it's five pounds for five tickets, but then ten pounds for twelve, twenty five for thirty, fifty for seventy, hundred pounds for one hundred and fifty tickets, two hundred pounds for three hundred tickets. So clearly, the more tickets you buy, or the more money you spend, the more tickets you get. Um, the top end prizes are limited to one per person, so you're not going to win. Um, you know, kind of the Jedi lightsaber range rulers and also the sparkly dice. Oh no, but you'll only get you know. You'll only get one of them. But if you're lucky enough to win one of those, I think you'll be fine with it. Um, one of the prizes, which is pretty cool, is 50 custom super thin metal or carbon fiber objective markers. Choose your own design. So, yeah, it's all pretty good. Um, so anyway, that's that again. It's um, xwing.life forward slash raffle. Um, it's been linked everywhere on Discord and Facebook. And so by the time you listen to this, you're probably already aware of it. Um, but yeah, once again, Isophane uh, plus a small group of people um, are putting a whole bunch of money and prizes and stuff together to get as much money together as they can to fund as many people as they can fund to get to Worlds. Um, and uh, maybe next year the world champion will come from somebody who was on the Isoplane as well. Who knows? It could be you. Right. Um, Liam or Ben, have you any shout outs? Ben, you go first. Uh, just Dave from Club, because he sat and chat rubbish with me for ages last Tuesday. Cool. Is that when he was half asleep nursing a beer saying, this is my Friday? Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Liam? Uh, I'm going to shout out yet another X-Wing podcast for having me on yesterday. What? Yeah, I was a guest. <clears throat> I had to scrape the barrel now. I'm moonlighting. Oh, and what they... Brum. There you go. You remembered. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Um. I I don't have any particular shout outs this time around. Uh, but just to mention that, despite me saying I was going to properly mainline all the try hard lists, um, that I've packed six A wings for a club night tomorrow night because <laughs> I'm already I'm, I'm already fed up with flying metal stuff. So. <laughs> How many games did you play with Han? Uh, about half a dozen. It's very good. It's it's very good. I need to get more reps in with it to to figure out when to dip in and when to dip out. But it's just very very good. So, um, yeah. I actually the thing is I enjoy flying the things around Han more than Han. So I'm thinking I might just make a list that where you take Han out and put seven points of other ships in instead. Um. Have a bit more fun. I'm under no illusions that I'd be able to win worlds, so I might as well fly something I'm going to actually enjoy whizzing about the place rather than making myself miserable by flying something really good and still not winning. So, <laughs> you know, anyway. Right, on that cheerful note, um, thank you very much, Niels, again for coming on to talk to us. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I'm going to say goodbye from Niels. Goodbye. Goodbye from Liam. Toodles. Goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. And Ben. Bye. And from me. Bye-bye. Speak to you soon.